Listen, uh, how many, I want to see a show of hands, how many in here have never been to Hoover Dam? Welcome to the Common Sense Connections app audio education series. We encourage you to listen carefully to the success and leadership principles discussed in this audio. They have enabled countless independent business owners just like you to build a successful business and have a full and balanced life. Raise your hands. All right, let me, Hoover Dam, who's never been to Hoover Dam? Raise your hands. All right, I want to point out, it's right over there, okay? <laughs> a couple of years ago, we had the first function we ever, we've had recently uh, at Niagara Falls. And I was in Ohio, and I was speaking to maybe 50, 60 people, and I asked these people, I said, how many of you have been to Niagara Falls? Half the room had never been to Niagara Falls, one of the natural wonders of the world, and it's right there. Okay, well, that sort of sets the stage. I'm going to read something to you, and I hate people that read things from stage. But this is one of my favorite books lately. <laughs> Listen carefully. It said, Tony turned, uh, turned an ordinary lecture into an unforgettable life lesson for one student sitting on the front row. He asked him, young man, how long have you lived? The student said, 23 years. Tony said, no, 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 no. That's how long your heart has been pumping blood. That's not how long you've lived. Then Tony uh, told a story about his first visit to the Empire State Building in 1944. At that time, it was the tallest building in the world. He was nine years old, but 70 years later, it's an unforgettable memory. Nine-year-old Tony ran around the observation deck taken, uh, taken in the view, then caught himself and said to himself, Tony, you're on top of the Empire State Building. In that one magical moment, time stood still. Tony said, if I were to live to be a million years old, that moment would still be part of my consciousness because of the way in which I lived. I was fully alive. Then Tony said to the student in the front row, now, now let me ask you a question again. How long have you lived? The student looked back to him, at him, and said, Doc, when you say it that way, maybe an hour, less than that, maybe a minute, maybe two minutes. Most of my life has been the meaningless passage of time between two all few moments when I, was genuinely when I was genuinely alive. Life isn't a measure of minutes. It's measured in moments. It's not the length of days that really matter. It's the steward stewardship of moments. I'm here to challenge you to do some thinking, okay? To create a lot of magic moments because that's what life is all about. Either you're going to have a, a lot of planned magic moments or you're going to have precious few. Thoreau said it this way. He said, man, uh, most men live lives of quiet desperation. Or as he says in this article here, he said, meaningless passing of time. You know, uh, all of the volcanoes that are erupting over in Hawaii right now, they reminded me of a couple of really scary magic moments that I've had in my life. Over there when we were on business trips, two different times, I have rented helicopters to give us tours. And then I found out that the helicopter pilots were Vietnam vets who had nothing to live for in life except uh, pissing off tourists. Okay? <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Let's say, scaring the crap out of tourists. And then both times I was stupid enough to challenge them with a $100 bill saying, if you can scare everybody on this craft, this $100 bill is yours. We had some rides. We went through the West Maui Mountains when I swear that that, those, that spinning prop was going to hit the trees. We were up on Haleakala and came down off the top of Haleakala. It, it, I mean, we were never got more than, they call it nap of the earth, never got more than 50 feet off uh, from a tree. 
Another trip, we were over on the Big Island. This was back to the lava thing. And I, I, I had the same challenge. And we went over and we went down over the lava, the, the boiling lava. Now, I'm a pilot, and I know a little bit about mechanics. He put us right down there and set us on top of that lava until our feet was hot. And I'm thinking, this sucker is going to blow. <clears throat> Let me tell you, folks. You, you build this business, you build it big, and you build it now, and you're going to have a lifetime of magic moments. There's just, it's just, I, I think about, you're going to have thousands of them. I think just, there's hundreds of magic moments for Debbie and me right here within driving distance of where we're sitting. I could go over them, okay? The, I don't know how many times, Gary, we've gone houseboats up at Lake Powell, or uh, Randy, Randy and Val and a bunch of us, uh, Jan and Raylene, camping on the north side of uh, Lake Mead after we get there by four, four buys or whatever, okay? Or Death Valley, or we, went, we did an elk hunt out of here once. I actually had a, a motorcycle trip that we took on a, a, up around here, and we lost a Canadian off the north rim of the Grand Canyon. It was just a Canadian. <coughs> so, I'm sorry. I've got some couple of Canadians in here. That was meant for them, okay? <laughs> Climb Mount Whitney right over the highest place in the lower 48 states. Climb Mount Whitney, okay, in a blizzard. We're the only people on the mountain that day because everybody else was scared off. Run the Colorado River with Randy and Val. Most incredible trip of our lifetime. And here's what I'm suggesting to you, Okay. The only way I know to maximize the, the magic moments in your life, the only way, okay, is you need time and money. And I could, you could explore a lot of different ways of making time and money. But, you know, you need time and money because at the federal building where I used to work, there wasn't a lot of magic there. I can't remember a magic moment there, ever. Okay? But I've been free since I was 33 years of age in this industry. That's 37 years, a little better than 37 years. We've had some magic moments. We've had the most incredible lifestyle that I know of anybody has ever had. And it's not because we're billionaires. It's just that we've been able to take and do what we want to do, okay? Now, how do you get free? I, I, I only know one way. That one way is to take this industry and apply what Randy Haugen does the best in the world of anybody, and that's to apply the master strategy toward it or to it. I wish there was another way. Well, I'm sure there are. It's the only one I know. Now, I want to, before I move on, I want to talk a little bit about principles. Because everybody's saying, oh, everything's new, everything's changed, it's a different world. Some principles never change. And I have a Bezos quote here, okay, if I can get my notes to stay up here. Sorry about this technicality here. He said, I very frequently get the question, what's going to change in the next 10 years? And that's a very interesting question. I almost never get the question, what's not going to change in the next 10 years? And I submit to you that the second question is actually the more important of the two. Because you could build a business strategy around the things that are stable in time. And that's what I'm talking about. The things that are stable in time are the principles. So I'm just going to hit a few highlights on building depth. Depth, the master strategy, is how we build this business, okay? There's a few important points I want to uh, uh, talk about. First of all, let's start out a new guy. I'm not going to get aboard and ease on right out. But let's just say we start with Joe. The first thing you do with Joe every time is identify those people that he can get in front of this plan easily. That, I'm showing you how to cheat, guys. Just like uh, uh, Jay was talking about this gentleman that uh, went 3,600 points in two weeks. Notice he sponsored his, some of his family members, 
easy people to get in front with. Now, if you really want to feel like you cheated, do what you hear us talking about and, 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 and employ the technique of uh, developing categorized lists. If they played football in high school or college, ask them who was the most influential person on that football team. They say the Captain Joe. Well, go show Captain Joe because if he gets in, you get a cascading effect because everybody on that team would want to be in business with him. There's a new type, a product-oriented one. Back in Massachusetts, named Stan, he's a nurse, he went into an all-woman's uh, spa of some sort. They said, what are you doing here? That's for women here. And he said, I felt I was supposed to be here. He talked to the woman. She, I wrote it down. She is a holistic health coach, and she coaches, has 300 people that she personally consults as a holistic coach. She got involved with the business. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if she'll do anything. But see the potential? She could all of a sudden go get, uh, uh, have a dominoes effect and get a whole slug of people. Now, once you get Joe sponsored, what do you do? Get him sponsored, three or four or five people in the first, what? 14 days, okay? And then you repeat the process. Every now and then, you're going to get stuck. When you get stuck, you're down there building in depth, okay? Have a spare. Have a spare that's trained, that knows what he's doing, that's committed to the business, that maybe a 1,500 or 3K or whatever it is. You get a, can you imagine if you've got a trained 3K and you go down to one of your organizations and you say, look, I'm willing to put him, that, this whole organization down to the bottom of your organization. If you go out and do these things, well, that's called squeezing. What's he going to be doing? He'll, he'll do whatever he has to do. Now you put him down on the very bottom, what's happened, okay? You've got the squeeze play going there, put him down on the very bottom, and now with, with our new plan that's consistent with the master strategy, all of those people between the bottom and where, you're, where you are, all of those people can put side action. You all know about this, all right? Uh, I'm, you know, there's all kinds of good uh, uh, CDs on the Boss app. Go listen to them, okay? A few items here. How to nurture a team. Eight random points. Number one, day one, start befriending people. Make friends. When you're showing the plan or uh, the first thing, in, foremost, uh, those thing you'll ever do is make a friend of that person. They'll sense that you're on their side. And then don't judge people. Love people dependent on their performance. Love them anyway. I take pride in few things in life, but one thing I do take pride in is all of the personals that I've involved in this industry since 1976 are still my friend. There's an old saying that says, friends tend to come and go. But enemies tend to be forever and pile up. <laughs> Remember, this is a voluntary association. Never, ever, ever put pressure on anybody. Never bug anybody. The only time you ever pressure is when that guy's brand spanking new and you say, hey, here's what we got to do. We got to get your money back in 14 days. Beyond that, no pressure. It's voluntary. It doesn't work. The... Uh, Number three, create a safe place to dream. Find out what people's dreams are, and if they don't have one, get out there on dream sessions and try to find out what would, would really turn them on. And once you find out what turns them on, you hold that before them forever. If they want freedom so they can spend time with the kids, every time you're talking to them, you're talking about freedom and time with the kids. Make it a safe place to dream. As a leader, assuming that you're going to be a leader, always paint the dream of where the team's going. If you want to learn how to do that, Randy Haugen is the king of kings when it comes to that. Okay? 
Boy, I'm learning our time, okay? Number points four, five, and six are wonderful. You're not going to hear them. <laughs> Rule number seven. Never, 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 ever, ever pass negative down. Let me give you an example. If I called you up and I said, hey, listen, how come you're not growing like Gary Libby is? Isn't that a slap in your face? Haven't I punched you in the head? What I should have said is called you up and said, hey, Gary Libby's really growing. Didn't I just do all good stuff and none of the negative there? Okay, learn the difference between positive and negative and never, never, never put negative down, uh, down okay? If you have to correct people, use what we call the sandwich method. You don't just walk up to somebody and say, hey, uh, you know, Brooks, you stink. Oh, I shouldn't have used the word Brooks. Uh, 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 Bill, hey, Bill, you stink. It's not a good tactic. But you can walk up, sit down and have a coffee with Bill and say, Bill, you're the sharpest guy I know. You and your wife, you're this, you're that, you're great, you're, you're, you're educated, all the good stuff about him. And, of course, you do stink, and you should use a little deodorant there. But on the other hand, you, you're going to be the biggest dynasty in my organization. I, I could see you have thousands and thousands, right? I remember years ago, I had a guy named Kim Bryan wanted to correct some things I was doing wrong or about me. He called me up and said, come to Portland, Maine. I went to Portland, Maine, and I sat down with him. And he talked to me for about three hours. And on the way home, I was so cocky. I was so built up to have spent the day with Tim. And it hit me why he brought me home, why he brought me down there when I was about halfway home. Okay? He did more, more good than, than bad by doing it. Okay? Anyway, enough of that. I'm skipping points here. Some more points. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> plug in, live in the Boss app, guys. A book on teams, the best book ever written in my estimation is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. It's one of the few books I made my kids read. Now's the time, guys. I'm skipping here. Forgive me. We finally got her all together. We've been, around, we've been doing this thing for five years. As I heard some people say earlier, when we first got this thing going, we had a black and white piece of paper with a sketch on it, no product. We've made mistakes. But right now, we finally have come up with the 20, to the 21st century technology. We finally have products that people need, not just want. We have two ways of bringing people into the business, front door and back door. We have a pay plan that supports the master strategy. Plus, right now, the United States of America is at an all-time high optimism level. The other day, I, I heard this is an actual statistic, a, a poll. 66% of the people in the United States of America right now want to own their own business. But most of them, the, what they fear they lack is capital. Think about that, folks. Are we in the right place at the right time or not? Give you a little side note, okay? I'm running out of time here. A little side note on why opt they're so optimistic. Goes back to World War II Germany. Ludwig Erhard, he, he had the responsibility of turning around the socialistic government, you know, the, the fall of Germany. I, anyway, in, in turning around the socialistic Germany uh, of World War II, he was asked, what do you do uh, to an economy in ruins? His answer, I love this, free it. Don't just sit there, undo something. Huh? Isn't that, you know, if you want to go back and see another time, Beth Smith the other day was talking about the Roaring Twenties. Go read about uh, Calvin Coolidge and what they did. Calvin Coolidge slashed federal government by 50%, cut regulations by more than that, and the Roaring Twenties came up out of that. When you free free enterprise, 
you've got something that's hard to handle. Anyway, we, want, we all want success. And you have to ask yourself from time to time, what holds us back? Why aren't we successful? And I'm going to tell you why most of us don't make it or never make it, is that we're controlled by a committee called they. We're always worried about what they think. Well, first of all, let me just tell you, they don't think. <laughs> all right? They don't think about you at all. But here's what I want you to do, okay? I got a little exercise for you. I want you to create your own committee of they. And the way you would simply do this is make a list of people that you want to respect you. Like my list would include people like Brent Reary and Gary Libby and Randy Haugen, okay? And I could go on and on, okay? Rob Terrell, okay? Once I start naming, you get the idea. I want these people, okay? I want my pastor, Bruce Borier, to respect me. I look down, I see my, my dad who died years and years ago, okay, when I was only 11 years old. I want him to respect me. Even though he's not here, he's a presence. You know, my dad would be proud of me. All I have to do to make my dad proud would be live life large. You see, he knew he was going to die at a very young age. He died at age 46. He knew he was going to die, and so he lived every day as though it was his last. That's how, so I, what I do, and what I'm asking you to do, is let that they, let that they, committee, that makes sense? That, that committee, that, whatever. Let that committee that you made up, let them give you guidance. Churchill said, I think he was saying the same thing, when he said, am I out of time? Almost, I get two minutes and 18 seconds. We'll slow her down here, okay? <laughs> Church, Churchill said, when, we, when eagles are silent, the parrots jabber. Well, what we're doing by doing this exercise, we're quieting the parrots in our head. We're overriding the what will they think. We're simply substituting. Try that ex experiment. Boy, it works for me. Then commit to overcoming your fears. You've got fears that are keeping you from moving. You've got fears that are keeping you from running. Let me just, I've got a few, few of my favorite quotes on fear. Freedom is, is on the other side of fear. Seneca said, he who is brave is free. Emerson said, do the thing we fear, and the death of fear is certain. Swartz said, summed it up. He said, to fight fear, act. To increase fear, wait, put off, postpone. Tonight, what I'm challenging you to do is get with your team. Get with your team. Okay? Develop a gang mentality. When you get the, a gang mentality going, all of a sudden, you're more concerned about impressing your team than you worry, are worried about what will they think. That's why gangs will walk, march down streets, breaking windows, etc., etc. Tonight, get with that team and take action. Get with that team and develop an audacious goal, something that scares you a little bit. Get with that team and come up with a game plan. Then make a decision you're going to take charge, and then, as the good book says, do it with all your might. God bless. This audio series was created to help you with personal development, professional development, and gaining the skills to build a sustainable business. While certainly no one can guarantee success, it is our hope that the principles and ideas discussed here will enable you to experience the thrill of accomplishment and offer your life greater significance and enjoyment. This is a copyrighted program. The purchase of the program is optional. 
and any unauthorized reproduction or broadcast of this digital media without express written consent is strictly prohibited. All rights are reserved.